you going along. I was actually supposed to be preaching a few weeks ago and came down with the flu. So we had to juggle things around. And here I am today uh, sharing what I feel God put on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And um, for those of you who are new this morning, uh, looking in, not sure about Jesus, thought, let's just see what this King's Church is about and who God is. Um, just to let you know, we're doing a series at the moment called Everyone a Witness. We've, we're doing six sermons, and they're talking about and trying to encourage us to share our st story and God's story with people around us. And for some of us, that can feel quite natural. And we can, you might have heard people talk about evangelists who go on the street and share about their faith. For most of us, I would say, it's not that natural. So we're just, we've been trying to look at different tools, what the Bible says about sharing our faith, uh, about the miracles of God. We're doing this series. And this morning, I'm really excited about this topic. Because actually, if you're not natural in, you don't find it the most natural in sharing your faith and being bold, it, you can feel either a sense of guilt that you're not doing it. It can feel like something that you should do. And I use that in inverted commas because I don't know about you, but I think a lot of us have that, I should do this, I should do that. We can do that a lot in life. And this is another area where you can feel like, okay, I'm a Christian, I should be sharing my faith. I'm not, now I feel guilty. We've done a lot of different tools and we've spoken about why we're um, sharing our faith. And this morning, particularly, we're looking at an area about what motivates us to really share our faith. And so I'm really excited this morning to be sharing about the compassion of God. And first and foremost, it might be a, a new concept. I was thinking the other day, we don't hear about the word compassion very much in this world. We're looking at what's going on uh, in Israel and Palestine, corruption in, within politics. It's not really something you hear on the news about compassion very much. Um, so we're going to look at what is compassion. And for us that maybe have been Christians for a long time, we're going to be reminded about the compassion of God towards us. But also, if you're looking in and you're not sure about God, I'm going to share about the compassion of God. Um, his love and his compassion for us. And it's a privilege to do that. So just so you have a bit of an idea about where we're going with it, um, I'm going to look first at the, the compassion of God towards us and what it is. What's the definition? What is this word, compassion? Then we're going to look at some passages that show how Jesus responded to people in compassion. He was an amazing, compassionate person. That was always what motivated him, uh, whether with his disciples or with people around him. Then we're going to look at, last week, uh, Kevin talked about telling our own story. And I'm going to get us, those of us who uh, have a faith, I'm going to get us to think about who told us about Jesus. What were they like? Who were they? What did they do? What was different about them? So we're going to look at who told us about Jesus. And then we're going to spend some time praying together. We're going to ask God. And there might be people this morning who want to know first, for the first time, the compassion and love of God. There may be people this morning who need a reminder about the compassion and love of God, because you might be someone who just kicked yourself over the head, I should be doing this, I feel guilty about this, and you just walk in that in relation to your faith. So there might be, you might have a need for that reminder of the compassion of God. Also, we're going to pray that God will fill us with compassion. Some of our sessions have been very practical like, let's pray early for people. We've got some um, flyers to give out. We've been talking very practically. 
It's not almost like you can just, I'm going to walk a bit over here and I'm going to become more compassionate. It's not something you whip up in your own strength. We actually need God to come and work in our heart and give us compassion. So we're going to pray um, into that. And on that note, I'm just going to start in prayer. Heavenly Father, loving and compassionate God, we come before you expectant to hear from you. We ask, Lord, that you would reveal more of your compassion and love, whether it's the first time, whether we need that reminder. Father, but I also pray that you would fuel us with compassion for those that do not know you. And I ask, Lord, that your word, your truth would be spoken this morning and you would come and touch hearts and reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And I just need a bit of water fuel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in the sense of compassion is not a very common word that we hear, I sort of thought, I'm going to start off with looking at what is compassion. And I would say look in a dictionary, but we don't really do that these days, do we? We look at Google. Um, so, I looked at Google, and there were a number of different definitions of compassion that came up. Some of them more pleasing than others. Um, So actually, there's three that I'm going to share with you. You may think, oh, I like that one, or I don't like that one. Um, So the first one, it said the sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. And that does say, obviously, it's concern for others and their sufferings. But I don't know about you, the sympathetic pity. I thought pity can be sometimes that thing is, oh, I pity Kevin for what he's going through. But sometimes it can feel quite superior. Oh, poor, poor Kevin. I pity him. He's going through that. I'm not. I thought that's a really dissatisfying to me. Um, but they've got elements of compassion within that. But almost that doesn't really do it justice, I felt. Then the, the second one was acting to alleviate the suffering of others. So it's talking about the suffering of others and actually doing something. The first one almost talks about feelings, but we can do that from a distance. We can look at the news and feel something for people in Palestine and Israel. But also here it's talking about action, doing something to alleviate um, the suffering of others. And the third expression, was, which I really love, is the tangible expression of love. So there's something really tangible. You can feel it. You can sense it. And it's the expression of love. So there's an action. There's a love towards people. And I don't know about you, but even looking at all three of these, there may be little glimpses and you go, well, I get that, why they said that. But really, when I think about compassion, I ultimately just see it in God and who he is. It's almost like you need to read the whole Bible to understand compassion, which we are not going to do today. Um, But also see Jesus, who actually came and there was some action Our Heavenly Father sent Jesus down and he walked amongst us and he healed people and he shared with people, he delivered people. There was that action and that love. Um, So actually, this this book, the whole thing, uh, speaks of the compassion of God. So we're going to look first because often if we've been a Christian for a while, we need that reminder of his compassion. Uh, So we're going to look at his compassion towards us first. And as I was praying, I had a few verses come to mind. 
And I have to say, because I'm not like Bami, who quotes scripture and remembers where everything is, I had to Google it as well. Um, and it was the, the first verse was, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. And that is in Psalm 103. And actually, when I looked at Psalm 103, I was like, wow, this says tons of stuff about compassion. Actually, there's, it talks about the compassion of God three times. And so I'm just, we're going to start off. We're going to look at lots of different Bible verses, but we are going to start off in Psalm 103. And what's interesting is you, uh, if you have your Bible here or looking on your phone, is just to bear in mind that this was King David writing here many, many, many years before Jesus came. And if you sort of read it afresh in the light of what Jesus did on the cross for us, it's just quite mind-blowing. But it also reminds us that God is love and compassion right from the beginning. Um, so I'm just going to read from verse 8 to 13. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse us, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Now, this verse right from the beginning talks about the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And it talks about anger because God is a just God. He made us to have relationship with him. He made us to walk with him, have that joy of relationship with him. And as we know the story that Adam and Eve, that he created right at the beginning, sinned against him. And they were like, okay, that's great that you've created this perfect world for us. Actually, we, we think better. We know better. We're going to go this way. We're going to have a bite of that apple and choose our own way. And from then, we've continued to sin. We've continued to think that we know better. Okay, God. We, we, sometimes we go back to him. We're like, yeah, actually, you're right. We love you. But quite often, our flesh and our nature chooses our own way. And that is the state of mankind. But it also speaks here about God is slow to anger and abounding in love. And then in verse 10, when he talks about he does not treat us as our sins deserve. And it's written in Romans 6, 23. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because we sinned, the consequence of that, the result of that, should be sin and death and separation from God. But actually, God sent his son Jesus to make that ultimate sacrifice for us. That is the compassion of God. He's like, you keep going your own way. Do you know what? But I'm, and I, I, I'm going to send my own son. I'm going to make a way so that you can come back to me again because he is a compassionate God. And I love the words within this because it talks, it's talking very physically about as high as the heavens are above the earth. That's pretty huge. As, that's so great is his love for those who fear him. 
those who are following him, who have chosen to live life with him. It's high. His love is high. And then it talks about he has removed our sin, which is abhorrent to him. He can't be near it. As far as the east is from the west. How amazing is that? Our loving and compassionate God. And it speaks about as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. I found it interesting, actually, we were doing the Freedom in Christ course the other day, and I can't remember in what context it came out, but we were talking about sometimes when we know we've done things wrong. And we talked about sometimes you can have ministry times and go up and someone's going to pray for you, and it's like you're just waiting and listening for the Lord to go, Rachel, you did this and you did this, and why did you do that? And, and I don't mean that God does not speak strongly to us and highlight sin areas, but I don't know about you, I often am really surprised by the love and grace of God, how he disciplines me. So he deals with it, but actually in so much more of a loving way. I'm ready embracing myself. And he's just coming with his love and compassion. And it's almost that love and compassion that actually changes our heart. Actually, condemnation and being like, oh, Kevin, you've done it again. This, you shouldn't have done that, and this is why you shouldn't have done it, and listing it. Do it actually, that doesn't necessarily motivate you to change. It like, highlights sin, um, but it doesn't necessarily lead us to change. And actually, I was reminded of the verse 1 John 4, 19, where it says, we love because he first loved us. And that's kind of the reminder this morning. We're talking about, actually, let's share our faith with others, for those of us who have a faith, because let's show love to one another. But actually, it's because he first loved us. He first demonstrated and showed that compassion towards us. And we often need that reminding. Because in a sense, we're not compassionate and loving if we really think about our motivation and what we do in the day-to-day. That's not where we go to first. So we need that love and compassion, and maybe this morning to feel it fresh for ourselves or for the first time, in order to grow in compassion for other people. So that's kind of looking at uh, some scripture in the Old Testament that speaks about the love of God. And, and obviously I shared about Jesus came to demonstrate love and compassion. So we're going to look at two verses, two passages um, within the New Testament that demonstrate how Jesus related to people around him and how he showed love and compassion uh, towards them. And at this stage, we're going to look at, so if you've got your Bibles, you can have a look at it. It's Matthew 14, 13 to 21. And to give context, Jesus at this stage had performed many miracles. Um, and he taught both his disciples, so it started with the 12 disciples. But equally, word had got round everywhere. And there were crowds, so it's like he was teaching his disciples, but actually he was teaching hundreds, thousands, I don't know how many numbers, but a lot of people. Um, And in this context, there was a real tragedy in that he'd just heard and he'd been informed that John the Baptist, who was his cousin, um, had been killed at the hands of Herod. So that is the context of where we start. So I'm going to read, this is 13 to 21. When Jesus had heard what happened... This is in terms of John the Baptist. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, 
and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We, we have here only five loaves, and bre- loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children, so even more than 5,000. And I think this is really interesting because Jesus has just heard some really saddening news. His cousin has been murdered. And quite rightly, he wants to spend some time by himself. He goes off to a solitary place to spend time with God. But his followers don't go anywhere. It's not like Jesus has gone, we'll go home now, because they want to hear more from him. So they position themselves in the right place. And almost as soon as he gets onto dry land, there they all are. I don't know about you, if someone close to me had just died, I don't have much tolerance for lots of people. I can't imagine being in that place where all these people are like, okay, Jesus, what are you going to do now? We want to hear from you. Please come and perform miracles. And... But his first response as he landed, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So his motivation as soon as he saw them was compassion. And he went around praying for them and they saw healing of the sick. And also later on in the story, the disciples are trying to think practically. And they're like, actually, we've got loads of people here. It's late at night. Um, it wasn't like there was a McDonald's on the, like, around the corner. And they said, we need to send them away. They're thinking practically. And Jesus is like, no, we don't need to do that. He probably knew they lived a very, very long way away. And, and quite rightly, he comes and says, no, just bring what you have. So again, he had compassion. And he performed another miracle. There they are on this hill, 5,000 plus, 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 all get fed because of Jesus' compassion towards them. If it had been for the disciples, they'd be like, can we, this is a bit of an issue now. Can we just move them on? They can come back tomorrow. But Jesus is like, no, they're probably really hungry because they've been traveling far. They've been with us a long time, and they need feeding. But it was compassion that motivated him. And we're also going to look at another passage, which is John 9, 1 to 12. And Kevin actually touched on this a bit last week. Um, and what I love about how it starts is it says, as he went along, so chapter 9, verse 1. So this was his every day, being with the disciples, being with other people. This was just an everyday occurrence. And so I'm just going to read from 1 to 12. He said, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the word of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with his saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told them, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went, 
and washed and came home to see him. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am that man. I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. As the passage continues, and Kevin sort of touched on it last week, there was all kinds of investigative kind of questions about this, if this was really the man, because surely it can't be that a man that is blind can see. But I, I love his response. He didn't know very much, but he just told his story. And I think we've been talking about the last few weeks. Actually, often it's the power of your testimony in telling your story. He didn't actually really know much about Jesus. Whether he'd heard, he was blind. He couldn't probably see what was going on. Well, he couldn't see what was going on. But he knew what had happened to him. And his name was Jesus. And he just told the story. But interestingly, here again, they were just going along. And Jesus responds out of compassion, whereas the disciples want to know, well, why is he like this? Why is he blind? Did he sin? Was it his father? Do you mean they're all kind of questions? And Jesus is like, no, it's neither of them. It's so that I may be glorified. It's so that God might display his glory. So again, he saw the need of the person. And interestingly, he, he gives sight to other people and does it in different ways. But there was no interaction almost he didn't ask him a question. He didn't ask, what do you want of me? And the person didn't respond. It's like he got the mud and the saliva, which is a very interesting way to do it, and then put it on the man's eyes, and he was healed. And this is another demonstration of the compassion of our God. And interestingly, Jesus here highlights, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. And Jesus gives us that same command, that same charge to make disciples, to go and tell people, and tell people what I did in your life, just as this man was healed. Go and tell. Um, a night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, we know if we think about Jesus and how he responded to people, there's many more stories that speak of the compassion of God. I was thinking there's stories where Jesus had compassion um, and he wept. It said Jesus wept. When Lazarus, his, his friend, died, he first wept. It's not like he walked in and said, I'm going to heal. This is my authority. He wept with the mourners. He was his friend. He knew him. He wept. And then he went and he prayed and he rose him from the dead. He demonstrated his power. At first, he had compassion for the situation. He responded in compassion when in a crowded place, a very sick woman reached out in faith to touch his clothes. She was that desperate and had been bleeding for years. And he's like, I've just got to, she'd heard about him, and she's like, I've got to touch his clothes. In a sense, that could have just been it. But he realized that something had happened. He realized that power had gone from him, and he made sure he found her. And said, your faith, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. Sometimes he didn't have to say many words to people. 
but that you can see that that kind of unlocked, I can't imagine having those words spoken over me, but he had that compassion in how he dealt with people and how he met with people and how he healed people. And he is our example of great compassion and he has had that compassion over us. I just love us to think, um, as I said at the beginning, about those who told us about Jesus. So we've been trying to, for people who've listened to these sermons, think about how do I make the most of the opportunity to tell people about Jesus? And let's tell our story. And I don't know about you, but I have people in my story who told me about Jesus, who who were bold. And I think sometimes it's a bit like, let's go back to who the compassion and the love of God for ourselves, but also who's part of our story? Who, who took that step, demonstrated love and compassion, shared about Jesus? Who are those people? So I'd love you just to think about who it was. I mean, you might have been a Christian for years, so it might be a few people within church, but what was it about them that actually made you attracted to Jesus? In terms of my story, I grew up going to a church. Um, it's quite a traditional church, so I'd heard lots of stories. And there were, there were a few people that came into my life in a season when I had actually just got onto my knees and said, if you were real, God, I need you to turn up. I need some help. I was not great mentally. I would say I was depressed. There was challenges family-wise, and I was in quite a dark place, but I didn't really let people know that much. And I asked God to turn up. I thought, if I've gone to church all these years and heard this stuff, if you're real, I really need you to turn up. And it's not like he turned up right there and then, and it, it didn't suddenly get all right and rosy just right there and then. But I, can, I look back on it, and I'm like, wow, did he send some people to show the compassion and love of God to me? First, there was this couple, John and Julie, who came to our um, church who just were so different. I was like, what is it about them? in how they spoke, in how they were, the love that they shared. They created a youth group for a number of churches locally and just opened their house to us. Um, and they, they poured love and gave so much to us and almost enveloped us into their family. And it was beautiful. And they talked about Jesus in a different way. And then we used to do youth um, services and there was, we needed some help with the band. And there was two guys who came from Catrum, John and Andy, Um, to play in the band, but also we all got to know them. And they talked about Jesus like he was alive. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, just how they talked was just different. But it wasn't just how they talked. Like, I spent a lot of time with them, and I have to say, I felt really loved and seen by them. I struggled mentally, and I I wasn't very good at expressing how I felt, because I didn't know how I felt. And they would sit there for hours, almost, just waiting for me to finish a sentence about how I was. Do you mean they just were very patient, loving, uh, which was quite amazing at that time. But they, they're a part of my story, amongst others, and I don't necessarily see them much these days, but there's often real times where I'm like, I'm going to pray for them because they really invested in my life. Part of their story was that they told me about Jesus, but it's part of my story. And I don't know about you, but I want to... Uh, Share that with other people. I remember we, we, in Life Group the other day, we were talking about how did we feel about witnessing. And then suddenly Becca was like, I'm just reminded that it's good news. It's really good news. 
So actually, if there were people who were willing to step out of their comfort zone and tell me about good news, I don't know about you, but I'd like to tell other people about good news. But because I, have that, I know that love and compassion of God, and sometimes we can just get a bit dried up, and we need that reminder of the love and compassion for others. But I suppose in one sense I'm saying we can be that person. Just as John and Julie, Andy and John, John, yeah, it was two Johns, uh, were, were that for me, I can be that person for other people. And it'd be great for you just to think, let's think about where have we seen the compassion of God in our story? I'm sure there's loads of testimonies where we can share about the compassion. Whether it is, actually, we were talking earlier about providing. God compassionately provides. We might have even got ourselves into a real sticky wicket with money, but actually, God provides. He is compassionate and gracious. So the question in kind of (coughs) summing up is, how are we in the area of compassion? Is it that we're looking in and we want to know God more, and actually we'd really love to experience this loving, compassionate God for the first time? Is it that actually I feel like I need that renewing of this compassionate God? I need to be reminded of the compassion of God for ourselves, because sometimes we can all be about going and sharing it with other people, but if we don't know it and experience it, it's quite hard to share it with other people. Um, And how are we in terms of motivated? Is compassion our first response? Or is it, oh, I feel guilty and I should go and share my faith? Um, I just want to give us some time. Because actually, to apply this, in one sense, is to come to God. So what I would love to do is for us to spend some time in small groups. So about four, four people in your group. And... Feel free to share where you're at. It might be one, I want to experience the compassion and love of God for the first time. It may be, I need reminding, I need that refreshing of God's compassion and love for me. That it actually, let's pray for one another if we are people of faith, that we would grow in compassion. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us that compassion that motivates us to tell people the good news. Like Becca said, we've got good news to share with other people. And also it was interesting, um, Kevin, that you said about healing. And there may be people who didn't feel bold enough to, to put their hands up. Jesus healed out of compassion for us. So equally, if you feel a bit more comfortable in your small group and you need healing, please do um, be bold and, and say that. So is that clear? So in a small group, and just be honest about how you feel, and then we're going to pray for one another. And that's how we're going to end, and then Kevin's going to wrap it up right at the end. Okay. <laughs>